Take your Bibles and open them up to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We know as believers the power of the Word of God in our life, don't we? How we, we use it to draw strength for spiritual food, for understanding, for wisdom, for direction. It's our foundation, right? We are in desperate need of, of heavenly godly wisdom at times, aren't we? And that comes from the Word of God. I like Sunday mornings. I do. It's something special as a Christian, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ. About 2,000 years ago, something really special happened on a, on a Sunday morning. Our Savior rose from the dead. Amen? Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And it came to pass that they were much, but perplexed thereabout. The whole two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said one to another, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is the life, amen? (laughs) Jesus Christ. And He says, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when... He was, uh, when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And look at verse 8. And they remembered His words. They were perplexed. They were puzzled. They were... Uh, they were really let down at the one point that Christ had been crucified, the one they were following, and now Christ was now not in the tomb. He was not there, and they were beginning to wonder what was going on. And then, and then they said, remember, remember the words that He spoke to you. You know, several times throughout the Scripture we see this, we see that the disciples, the disciples, they would get it, but they would get it kind of later on. They would, uh, they would be wondering what's going on, they'd be wondering, and they would say, oh yeah, that's what he was telling us. Jesus would be talking to them in his life, and his ministry, and then all of a sudden, we find that, oh, we got the door open here, no problem. If, if, a, if a burning piece of wood falls out, there is a fire extinguisher underneath here, just, just so you all know. If I run out there, you guys come up, come up and grab the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Take care of business. So, but, but, but Jesus would be talking to him in his life and ministry, and then, and then we would find later that 
they would remember what Christ had said and then what it meant. They would get it. They would pick up. You know, it was in John chapter 2 where Jesus goes, remember, and He purges the temple. And, and they were all upset with Him, wondering, and He says, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I'll rise it up. And they, they thought He was talking about the building, but He was talking about Himself. In John chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says, When therefore He was risen from the dead, His disciples remembered what He had said unto them, and they believed the Scripture and the Word which Jesus had said. We talk so much about the importance of putting the Word of God in. Why? It gives us more to draw from, doesn't it? Hey, the Word of God is the bread of life. And the fresher the bread, the better, right? The fresher we get the Word of God in, the fresher we have something to draw from as we go through life, as, we're, as we face decisions and we're perplexed from time to time. Sometimes we can remember, the Holy Spirit can bring back what the Scripture has ministered to us, and maybe we didn't get it before, but we'll get it when we need it. Let's just continue down through, I love this last chapter in the book of Luke. Pick it up at verse 13. Familiar passage. But he says in verse 13 of Luke chapter 24, And behold, two of them, two disciples, went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs, and they walked together, uh, of the, uh, and they talked together of these things which had happened. And it came to pass, while they communed together, and reason, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they would, should not know Him. And He said unto them, What manner of com- communications are these that you have one to another as you talk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered unto Him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And has not known the things which have come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And he said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be uh, condemned to death and have crucified him. I find this very interesting that that here, here Jesus is walking with them and they're not seeing. They don't see Jesus. They don't recognize Him. But you know what, they, you know what happens? As, as, he's, as He's talking with them and He's showing them the truth, the truth here, I, I find this passage interesting that they said to Jesus, are, are you a stranger here? Do you not know what's been going on? You know, what, you know this, this thing that happened to Jesus in Jerusalem? Obviously, from reading this passage, it was a big deal. Everybody knew about it. It was the news of the day. It was so much the news that when Jesus was walking with them and didn't know about his his death, that they were like, you're not from here, because everybody that's from here knows about what just happened. Jesus, an innocent man, was crucified. One that was doing great deeds in the name name of God the Father. But they're walking and they don't even see that it is the Christ. Their eyes are closed to this. Now pick up in verse 25. Jesus is talking with them. 
Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, the Old Testament, Jesus taking the Old Testament, he expounded unto them in all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. That's amazing, isn't it? Jesus takes the Old Testament and begins to expound about himself to, to his disciples. Jesus, the Old Testament coming alive prophesied about Jesus. And he fulfilled the Old Testament in his life. And he's trying to, they're, they're just, they're there, they're real close, but they're just not seeing it. He's saying the Old Testament should have let you know what was going to happen to me. The Old Testament was telling you, you're so sad and you're so perplexed. But the scripture has been written and I fulfilled it. Later in this same passage, Jesus in his glorified body just shows up in the room. Boom. He's there with his disciples. He takes fish, he takes, you know, honeycomb, he eats it in his glorified body, showing him that he is real. But then he continues to expound on the scriptures to them, all of the disciples there, and pick that up in verse 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I have spoken unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the what? Law of Moses. And in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Concerning who? Jesus. I'm going to stop for just a second. Some of the, some of the, the Old Testament, some of them were written 750 years more before. I think 750 years ago from now. Right? Think about a prophet that was prophesying about a Christ 750 years and even more uh, before Christ, and then he came and fulfilled it. The scripture. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of confidence in the, in the scripture, in the word of God, and how each one and each each author, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it, brings it together and ties it all together throughout history. And just as the Old Testament prophecies came to pass in Christ Jesus, I believe the New Testament promises and Old Testament promises of our future are going to come to pass. The same, the same as did in the Old Testament. But kind of put yourself here. Could you imagine having the Word in flesh, in body, Giving you a Bible study? <laughs> Having him expound the scriptures to you? Can I suggest to you that we can still have that today? We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. And the Holy Spirit that dwells and seals us at the day of salvation will lead us and guide us through the scripture and teach us it as we need it 
and open our eyes as we need it. That's wonderful that we can have a teacher, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. Look at verse 45. Then, after he's teaching, after he's going through this, then he says, Open he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. He opens their eyes. He opens their understanding here in this Bible. Hey, the Bible is a treasure if we'll go after it and seek it, is it not? It's a treasure. Go at the Word of God as if you don't know everything. That you don't get the gist of it. You don't even get the gist. It's so alive, it's so living, that we don't, we don't, you know why? It'll surprise us when we go with it. It, We'll be reading along and it'll surprise us. Whoa, what is that? Look, that's not how I thought. That's not what I assumed. My natural understanding is not what the spiritual understanding is. Wow. I was sad, but now I'm happy. I was perplexed, but now I see. My understanding is beginning to be open through the leading of the Holy Spirit teaching us the Word of God. How did He open his open it up? How did He show these Folks, we've been talking a lot here about fellowship and communion together, unity as a church, right? Kind of step back just a little bit to verse 29 of Luke chapter 24. Verse 29 of Luke chapter 24. But they, the disciples, constrained him, Jesus, saying, Abide with us. They still didn't know he was. For it was uh, toward evening, and the day was far spent. And he went in and tarried with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. Can you imagine that? (laughs) And he vanished out of his sight. And they said one to the other, Did not our heart burn within us while we talked with us by the way and while it opened to us the Scripture? He was walking with them and talking with them and they didn't know it. But when they did know it, how did it come to pass? We talk a lot here about fellowshipping with Christ, don't we? Spending that time in prayer, spending that time intentionally with God. Why? Because it was during fellowship, it was during communion with Jesus as he was breaking bread with them and just just a tiny little group. I don't know if there was more than three there, right? And what happened to them? Boom, life change. Their eyes were opened. They were in fellowshipping with the risen Christ. That can happen to us. Because we're in the Scripture and we're reading it and we begin to fellowship with Him, draw close to Him in communion with Him. Boom! He can open up our eyes. He can open up our understanding and change our lives. I I still believe that the Word of God can change our lives. I still believe it's got the power to, to change us, change our thinking, change our walk, change everything. Sometimes we just don't get it, do we? We need our eyes open. If we're here thinking, well, yeah, someone else, they really need their eyes opened. I hope they get their eyes opened. Then that just proves that you need your eyes opened even more than you think. Because we 
need our eyes open, all of us. Sometimes we have a preconceived idea, and that's not always healthy. Just turn to Mark. Just turn back to Mark chapter 4. Jesus taught in parables many times. And He had a good reason to do that. For those that didn't want to know what Christ was saying, they couldn't figure it out. And those that did, He would teach them. He would teach them through these parables. He would take things that are maybe easier to understand to teach earthly things and to teach us things that are harder to understand many times spiritual things. He says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 11, And He said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. Hey, for those that don't believe in Christ, for those that haven't taken that first step of faith to, to accept and believe in God, you know what? Many times they're really close. They're really close, but they still just don't see it. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever experienced that? Maybe even you in your own life is, you know, there was, I think of the folks that crucified Christ and they had to look right into his eyes, the giver of life, the creator of the universe, and yet they didn't see it. Think of Pilate. They're close, but yet missed it. Seeing, but they didn't perceive. Hearing, but they didn't sink in. He talks about this is what it is for those of us. And when we're not walking in faith, that's how it is much, many times. He had just told a parable here of the sower. And then he takes the next verses to explain, open up the understanding of his disciples of the parable of the sower. And he talks about it as it is the Word of God, like we're talking about now. He says in verse, verse 14, The sower soweth the Word of God. The Word of God is the seed, right? It sows the Word of God. In verse 15, And these are they by the wayside, where the Word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the Word that is sown in their hearts. Have you ever seen that? Where the Word of God, the Gospel is preached and sown to someone, but right away, it's stolen away by what? By doubt? By way too many questions? You say, do we have to not have our questions answered? No, it's not that we don't, as as Christians, get our questions answered. It's many times that our questions are answered by our faith. Trusting it. Believing it. He says in verse, verse 16, And these are likewise they which sown in stony ground, who, when they had heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time, and afterward then affliction or persecution ariseth for word's sake, immediately they're offended. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen where where the the Word of God is sown, it's preached, and they receive it gladly, they they receive it happily, and it seems like everything's going to be great, everything's going to be alright, but then what happens? They get a little persecution, and, and you know what this is? It's shallow Christianity. There's no depth. There's no roots. 
they, they, they believe they believe for a short amount of time and then something happens. You know, sometimes they have this preconceived idea that, hey, when you accept Christ, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be good. And then they, someone says, well, you're one of those Christians. Or they give, just give them a little persecution for their faith. And you know what happens? They, they lose their root and they just quit speaking up. They quit believing. They quit trusting. And then look at this one, verse 18. This one, I believe, is a common one here today. In verse, verse 18, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it, and it becometh unfruitful. Hey, there's the cares of this world. Is that not what gets us these days? The Word gets planted. We know the, the Gospel, but then what? The busyness. I don't know that we're any busier than any other society, but there's so many distractions, right? There's, there's so many distractions from allowing the Word of God to take root and for us to be fruitful. And then he says, and the deceitfulness of riches. You know how riches deceive us? By thinking that they'll fulfill. By thinking that 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 somehow is what we are created for. That somehow is what is going to be good or great for our lives. And it's it's a deceit. The Word of God, a relationship and fellowship with Him, is far greater than silver and gold, the Bible says in Proverbs. But this is the group that we want to be. Each and every one of us, please, look at this in verse 20. And these are they which sow in good ground, such as hear the word, and, look at this, receive it. Hey, we're not just hearers of the word, but we're what? Doers also. Receive it. And bring forth fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. We talked a couple weeks ago, about being fruitful. How are we going to be fruitful? We're going to have to allow the seed to take root. We're going to have to be hearers and receivers and doers of the Word. Do we not want to be fruitful? Absolutely. That's where, that's where our fulfillment that comes from. That's when we experience the joy of the Lord is when we are fruitful. And the fruits of the Spirit, for one, but also fruitful in the sense of being what we're called to do in the Great Commission. If we seek the Lord in Scripture, we seek the Lord, He'll open our eyes, He'll enlighten us, He'll lead us and guide us into truth. He'll give us this understanding. And then what? We can fulfill our call. We can be fruitful once the word is taken root. Back to Luke. Back to Luke chapter 24. The last passage. Luke 24. And verse 46. This is, remember the context now. This is after he's expounded them the scripture. This is after that he's given them this great Bible study and their eyes have been opened, their understanding has been opened, right? 
after all that, then, he says, in verse 46, and he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Hey, these disciples, these Christians, they're, they're all sad and perplexed. Why? Because he died. But he said, hey, it's what I had to do. This is a good thing that I died. Why? Now the sins of the whole world would be forgiven if they'll receive. It, it was a good thing that I died and rose from the dead. He said, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name among what? All nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Look, here in a couple hours, I'm going to be on a plane. I'm on my way to India. You know what I'm doing there? God helping us. We're going to shine the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's opening the doors. He called me yesterday and, uh, yeah, yesterday and said, Hey, would you preach uh, twice on Sunday morning at uh, two different churches on the opposite sides of the city? I said, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. I said, I, feel I wouldn't feel at home if I wasn't preaching twice on Sunday morning. <laughs> the one church, the one church is the largest church in Chennai. They said uh, in the message they gave me 30,000 members. I don't know what to do in something like this. I said, you, you actually know who I am? I think you got name crossed with someone else here? You know what? You said, you said what are you going to preach? I'm going to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach that on Sunday morning to the crowd that comes there, and then also on Saturday in the slums. Why? Because that's, that's what the world needs to know, is Jesus Christ came. He died for our sins and He rose again. Why? To give life, forgiveness of sins. That's the greatest story. That's the greatest news for anybody and everybody in Springboro and in Chennai, India. It's the greatest news. And we, He said, we, we, we are the witnesses. I don't know how long we're going to be here. The Lord could come back. Don't we want to do what He's called us to do? Don't we want to fulfill what He's called us to fulfill? I know He has a purpose for all of us. I know He has a calling. I know He has us to be a light in the, in the place where He's put us. And we're going to feel the most fulfilled. We're going to feel the most joy when we allow the Word of God to come into our hearts. Open our eyes. Open our understanding. And give us a love for people. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to save, has the power to give eternal life. It has the power to forgive our sins if we'll receive it and accept it. It's the Great Commission. So what's the takeaway from this message? Pick up your Bible this week. Pick up your Bible today. All of us. And look at it with eyes looking for something. Seeking the Lord. You guys probably will agree with this. That when the Bible speaks to you the most is when you're in need. Yes. Right? When you're, when you're just lost. When things aren't making sense. When you are sad. When you are perplexed. And then you get in the Word. And it's not like you're just reading through it. Of stuff you've already heard. 
the, the words of a page and each word begins to jump out and have meaning to us and begins to establish us and build us up. What is the takeaway? Open our eyes, Lord, please, to the Word of God. Open our understanding, Lord, please, to Your Word. Why? So that we can be fruitful. So that we can be hearers and doers of the Word. We want to receive it. We want to have our heart be good ground. How do we have a heart that's good ground? Hey, confess the sin. Get a clean heart toward God. He says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Get a clean, tender heart toward God. A humble spirit. Do you know the most teachable person in the world is the humble person? We can't. When we're proud, who can teach us anything, right? When we know it all, we don't learn anything. It's when we become humble and say, God, here I am, your creation. You're my creator and I'm taking your word. I'm opening it up. And I'm asking you to sustain me. I'm asking you to lead me. And I'm asking you to guide me. And looking at it with fresh look. With fresh eyes. And then he'll give us our eyes. And you know what we'll begin to see? We'll begin to see like he sees. The harvest. The disciples in that passage, they didn't see the harvest. John chapter 4, he said, Lift up your eyes. Look under the field. For they're white already to harvest. You say, why in the world when there's people here in Springboro that need Christ, would you get in a plane and go to India? It is a great fishing hole. Last May we saw more folks saved in May than we did all year. And, and not saying, I'm not trying, not saying we're not trying, but it's so dark there. There's so, people are, in, 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 there's no light. And just a little bit of light shines bright in a dark place. And the light draws a crowd in a dark place. You say, what, what are you? I'm just a vessel hoping that God can shine through His Holy Spirit light. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, help us to look for You in the Scripture. Lord, help us to sit down this week and have fellowship just like these disciples did with You and You broke bread with them. God, You opened their eyes. God, help us when we pick up the Word of God, Your Word, that we are sitting down with you and seeking you to lead us and guide us into that truth. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they would uh, surrender to your sweet gospel, your death, your burial, and the resurrection for the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, that you would become their Lord and Savior and your God. God, I pray that they would just have that fellowship with you and Lord that you would save. Lord, for us that are Christians, for us that are followers of you, help us not to get caught up in the cares of this life, which is so easy in the deceitfulness of riches. Lord, help us to not have a faith that's shallow, that when a little persecution comes along, it knocks us off. But Lord, help us to have good hearts ready to receive and hear the Lord. Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you. Jesus' name.